Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. There we go. What's happening, everybody? Welcome in to a uh, live mock. We were going to have a assists and steals punch show this morning, but we had some technical difficulties with Keston. It is uh, like a hurricane down in the Caribbean right now. Um, so we'll do that one, I think, next week. Uh, as it stands now, this mock draft will be firing up in about two minutes. Wanted to give everybody a little uh, sort of prelude here, and I'll bring the music down while I'm doing that. Uh, I am at Dan Baspris over on Twitter. I'm also just Dan Baspris. That's my name. I'd why I started with the Twitter handle before my actual name. I also did some exploring in StreamYard, and I figured out that I can have a fun little border around my face of the uh, the backdrop for today's show. I thought I would do this one with a little bit more of a roto bent. Um, technically, I think it is a roto mock, so that's good for us. Um, obviously, waiting to see how many teams show up for it. I know that that can be a little bit annoying because you guys are tuning in, hoping to see a uh, a full mock. Uh, but we'll go as far as I believe we can get decent information out of it. And depending on how many auto-drafting teams there are, that might be 30 picks, 50 picks, 70, 100, that kind of thing. Um, I did slot myself in the 9-hole, which I know is an area that folks are having some issues with. Now, after the Damian Lillard trade has happened, he probably shuttles back up the board a little bit and then pushes other folks back down. I also figured out, I think had to turn my camera resolution up. So I don't know if I am more clear today than usual. We'll find out. Dano exploring settings in his new computer uh, is uh, also part of the fun here. Um, let's let's bring in the, the mock window. Um, that should be big enough for everybody to see, I think. We're getting it started in just a couple of seconds. I want to try to make it just a little bit larger. There you go. Now you can see the names a little bit easier. I'll flip back and forth between the draft board and my own thing. It looks like we have three auto picks, which is a damn shame. Um, so we'll probably go about 50, 5-0 picks deep in this thing. Um, because the uh, by the time you get to 50, 60 range, the autos tend to throw off the actual, you know, the, the pace of who would actually be on the board at this point. So let's do this with a roto bent. I want to remind everybody again... This is more of a roto mock. I also want to remind everybody to please like and subscribe the video here, those that are hanging out with us uh, live or after the fact, as Jokic, Doncic, Embiid, and Halliburton go top four. No massive surprises there, although I do think Doncic going two in a roto draft doesn't make quite the same amount of sense as on the head-to-head -head side. But you guys have heard me talk about that, so I don't really want to spend too much time on it. Steph goes fifth, Shea goes sixth, uh, interestingly, Jason Tatum still on the board. Kyrie Irving goes seven, but that was the frickin' auto. So that, again, already is a little screwed up on where these guys are going. Tatum goes eighth. I'm not taking Giannis in a roto draft. This is where I would look at probably either KD or Anthony Davis or even Dame in his new digs in Milwaukee. Um, I'd probably go Dame because I expect him to play more games than Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis. But that's the discussion you're having right now. So let's go Dame at 9. Uh, and I think he'll probably move back up the board as we go here a little bit. But that is extremely frustrating. I think we had one of the clubs join. So I think we're down to just... No, it is it is still... That's oh, 4. 4? Two people just left. Maybe they just got frustrated. Hopefully they come back. Uh, I'll give it a round or two. Um, 
And if that doesn't work out, then we'll uh, we'll just try to pull some information from this and maybe turn it into a Q and A show if uh, if folks are being weird about the mock draft. So that that's that's pretty frustrating. But I have um, I have limited time, man. I can't go out and just start it over again. I thought for sure people joined this one at the very last second. That's usually the ones where you get pretty good participation, but uh, apparently not today. Um. We'll see how it goes here. Giannis, or sorry, uh, LaMelo Ball goes 10th. Giannis goes 11th, and AD and Anthony Edwards go on the turn. Uh, one, two, yeah, we still got four. This is a living being, but then we're going to get a, an auto pick, I think, at 15. Let's see who goes off at 14 here in this roto. It feels like it needs to be Kevin Durant. It's not. Devin Booker. Well, now KD's going because this is an auto pick. No, wait, Juan is back. Thank goodness Juan returned. Let's see if we can get one of these other two guys to pop back in also, because Andy was here for a minute, whoever you are, Andy. Um, I think what I'll probably do going forward here, and again, apologies on uh, the fact that we're not getting a great turnout in this, is I'll try to join a mock six, seven minutes ahead of time and just drop the link in uh, on Twitter. So there goes KD. It was not an auto pick, but he did go anyway. Uh, you know, with Roto, you can take some shots here. Probably a little too early to take the shot on Kawhi. Like, I'm still early enough in the second round where I could go a different direction. I'd probably go Donovan Mitchell here, and I'll throw him in the queue just because I'm talking so much about it. But, like, it's not insane to go Kawhi at 16 in Roto. It really isn't. And Jimmy Butler's probably going to be playing angry this year, so he's also uh, notable, a potent potable. That was an auto pick of Sabonis uh, at 17. These, these durable guys, Anthony Edwards, Demonis Sabonis, they don't have the same appeal in Roto. There goes Cat at 18. That's kind of fun. Mikael Bridges at 19. I'll throw up the draft board now so you guys can see what's going on. Easier to, easier to see than having me just talk about it ad nauseum. Again, those of you that are watching, please do throw questions in the chat room because I think with the three auto picks in this one, we probably will only go 50, 60 picks deep. And just see how the front end of the board in a roto draft is shaping up as Larry Markinen goes at 20. Two of the next four are autos, so that's going to screw things up. You can already get a feel. So someone like a Trey Young, Freddie Van Fleet, those guys will be off the board in the next uh, four picks. Actually, Trey went at 21 before the autos. But now you've got, again, three of the next four picks are autos. So Freddie Van Fleet, JJJ, Desmond Bain, they're coming off here regardless of whether these teams would normally take them. That's frustrating because it's screwing up the board for us, and that's why we're probably only going to go about 50 picks deep in this mock draft. We'll call this one kind of an abridged mock, uh, and we'll turn it into a Q&A. So hopefully you guys are hanging out with us live. You can get some questions in the chat room, and uh, we'll hit those after we wrap up the uh, the first part of this thing. So uh, Freddie Van Fleet goes at 22, Jaron Jackson at 23, auto picks of Desmond Bain and Kawhi Leonard at 24 and 25. I actually love the fact that Kawhi still made it to 25, even with all the auto-picking going on. Because in Roto, uh, he's, a, he's a glorious play when you're not so worried about the games cap. And this is a Roto mock. I joined a Roto mock on Yahoo. I thought, oh, interesting. It's like nine teams full. I'll pop in, and this one will probably actually fill up all the way to 12. Anyway, Pascal Siakam goes 26. That's incredibly early for him on the Roto side, uh, given the limitations on the percentages. We're going to get an auto pick of Jimmy Butler here, but the fact that he's still on the board at 27 is notable. Despite all the auto picks, people are avoiding these guys whenever they can, 
which makes no sense to me in Roto. Go get him. Bam Adebayo goes at 28. So uh, he and Jimmy Butler are much more interesting now that Damian Lillard did not get traded to Miami. I took Dame, which was maybe a little bit dumb. Probably would have been smarter for me to figure out where he was going to go if I didn't take him. We'll do that in an upcoming an upcoming mock. Jalen Brunson at 29. Uh, DeJounte Murray at 30. I like the DeJounte at 30 pick. That's that's a fun one for me. I'm coming up in two picks here. Um, one of them's an auto, so you know Harden's not going to be on the board because he'll get auto-picked out of the way. Um, Harden would be my pick at 33 if he was still there, but he's not. So now I'm looking more at, okay, well, like I don't have that many risks on my team yet in Dame and Donovan Mitchell. Harden and Paul George, by the way, are the next two names off the board. If I want to now, I can take risks. So uh, let's do it. Let's put Miles Turner in the queue at 33. He's an injury risk, but his per-game potential is through the roof. Um, Drew Holiday's probably going to get moved, so he's not a guy I'm dealing with right now. Vooch, I don't need uh, his, his, sort of his durability. Um, so we'll go Miles, and hopefully I can get top 20 production out of a guy I took at the end of the third round. Right now, my picks are not big-time upside swings. Miles Turner is probably the biggest among them. Like, Donovan Mitchell's probably going to be around 20. Dame is probably going to be around 10 to 12. But they're going to play. And then with Turner, you're like, okay, well, maybe I can, I can try to eclipse that a little bit. This guy Juan in the draft keeps coming and going. I don't know what's going on there, but he ended up with Cade. I think that was I think he did that on purpose. Um Cade's another kind of risky one on the roto side. Again, please do like and subscribe. I don't know that this video is gonna be the big thing that gets people to subscribe to the channel as people tune in and they're like, oh Dan, you threw us into a mock with three of four auto picks. Yuck. Uh, Victor Wembanyama goes 35. LeBron and Darius Garland go on the back end turn. Again, that is those two are living being picks. So um, this stuff is all legit. And then Juan pops back in here. Uh, Darren Fox at 38. Nothing crazy here. LeBron falling a long way is reasonable. I, I really I think he has a bad season. Not bad from the the actual basketball standpoint see now Porzingis goes that screwed me up because I thought for sure I'd be able to get him at 40 here um there isn't really a big swing guy I would take at 40 now that Porzingis is off the board so Vooch is certainly in play although I did just take Miles Turner and back-to-back centers is not really the way I'd normally go DeMar is interesting at 40 um I think those are the two guys I'm probably debating between uh I don't know, that necessarily matters a ton which direction I go. DeMar was probably the safer play, and there are so many centers later that that's likely the direction. You you know, you take your wing, you shore up the rest of your points. Um, so a little bit regrettable there. Um, I'm kind of surprised none of the usual, like, injury-prone swing guys got to me in this one. And now I'm sitting around doing nothing for a while as Holiday gets picked at uh at 41 um that was an auto demar goes 42 which is quite reasonable but again i i think i'm probably just going through the fifth round with the number of auto picks in this draft it's it's stupid and annoying for me to go much farther because at this point now like you're getting some folks that are reaching to grab their guys some are not and we're not getting a particularly accurate assessment of where these dudes would actually go but luckily thank you to the folks in the chat room we do have uh 
we do have a handful of, uh, of questions. What I'd also like to do once I flip my thing over to auto draft, uh, which again, I'm going to do that in the next round. Cause this is, this is getting stupid and annoying. Um, Nick Claxton at 43, Jalen Brown, 44, Evan Mobley, 45, Jordan Poole, Walker Kessler, OG Ananobi, and Jamal Murray. But again, a bunch of this is auto picks, so I don't know that you guys are all that interested in who's going where, but I'll keep telling you at least for the time being. Um, until we get to the end of this round, I think, and uh, and then I'll pull the plug on the mock. Uh, something to throw in here for those that are going to stick it out through the like the 15-minute mark. Um, in the next, in this most recent Yahoo board rearrangement, They've pushed a lot of guys that were in the 90s up like 10 slots. And they didn't push that many interesting guys down. So this is a this is sort of a... Like the last board rearrangement, they pushed some guys up and it allowed some other dudes to fall to us. This one, it didn't quite work that way. Like uh, Mark Williams, Daniel Gafford, Tobias Harris, Markel Fultz, Anthony Simons, all of these guys that were... Simons, I guess, was in the 80s already, but Harris, Fultz, Gafford, these guys were these guys were in the 90s, and now suddenly they're in the 80s, and we're just like it's just not going to be quite as easy to get them in the eighth, ninth round as it was before. You're going to have to make your moves a tiny bit sooner, and you probably won't be able to get as many of the guys that you wanted as you could before. By the way, pick 57 is back to me. Uh, I'm going Maxi here. I think he's going to have a big season because I think Harden... I mean, you you guys see all the crazy Harden stuff going on. I'm going to throw myself into auto-draft now because this is this is a terrible mock. Um, we're at f- four auto-picks without me flipping it into auto now, and at times it's been five. So the hell with that. Here's the draft results board. What I wanted to point out to you guys, and I'll flip back over to the players here before we take some questions. People keep asking, what am I doing as the draft goes on? That's a great question. Because it does depend on the way the Yahoo board looks. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. What do I mean by that? Well, like, no, it's not changing the guys that I'm targeting. But it is changing when I'm targeting these guys. So what you can see on your screen now, to those that are watching, as opposed to those that are listening, again, please do like and subscribe. I'm doing my best here in, in a rough and <laughs> an unfortunate mock scenario. Maybe we'll do another one later today to make up for it. Uh, like Chris Paul is earlier now. Um, looking down the board here, uh, Middleton, who like no one's targeting him. He'll fall here, but... Um, 
Tyus Jones got pushed earlier. Jakob Pertl got pushed earlier. Fultz, Harris, Gafford, Mark Williams all got pushed earlier. Jalen Duran got pushed earlier. The only guy I note that I think went the other way as a guy that I think we'll be able to get some pretty good value on is Mitchell Robinson. Because um, his X rank got dropped back down to 96, even though he's basically the unfettered starter for the Knicks. If he stays upright, he's an easy play on the Roto side, really even for head-to-head. I know his free throw shooting is clunky, but the field goal percent, the rebounds, the blocks, he's just like a guarantee to hit around 100. And I he, I haven't seen him really going much earlier than that. Also, a little bit behind him, you can still get a pretty good price on guys like Zach Collins, on Yeka Okongwu, um... Nurk is at 116. I'm curious to see where he ends up after now he's a member of the Phoenix Suns. We'll see if he gets uh, sort of rearranged. But what the most recent Yahoo board shuffling did was it made it a lot harder, I think, to get the upside guys you're hunting after about pick 95. Like We're going to run out of guys quicker because if you're in a league where people are paying attention... They're going to go get those names I just talked about around 95, around 100, and they're just going to—they're not going to make it to you around their pre-rank. De'Anthony Melton is hanging around longer than expected. That one I can't—I can't quite wrap my head around. But like, once you get beyond him, it's—you're—you're you're taking big swings at that point. So you really got to get the guys you want in the first 105 picks in drafts right now, or you're not—it's—it's it's just not landing. Last year, I think there was a little bit more wiggle room. And it may happen again. Like, you know, Yahoo might rearrange their board a third time here in the next week and a half. And you might see some guys in that range get pushed down that I would deem like kind of the more boring sort. But we can't know until that happens. We have to operate based on the board that's actually presented in front of us right now. So that's where we're at. Um, this mock is annoying. Um, we didn't learn all that much in the early going. Unfortunately, the number of auto picks kind of screwed us up. I, uh, I wanted to see what was going to go on in the first three ish rounds. And we got some idea of that. Um, the one thing that I will point out is even on this Roto side, people still didn't jump at Kawhi Leonard at Jimmy Butler Butler, in particular, I think is going to be a great value now that Dame did not get traded to Miami. Harden is falling like a brick. He's suddenly a value now. Miles Turner is still gettable. And it seems like perhaps the Dame trade combined with the Yahoo board shuffle has made the third round more fun again. Second round is hard to say because, uh, you know, Durant, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, those guys are all over the map. Kyrie got auto-picked at seven in this one. Like, that's just, that's basically not going to happen. I don't, Or maybe they took him on purpose. Either way, that's the earliest I've seen him go in any mock I've done. Uh, and we'll probably want to do another one to get confirmation on some of this stuff. So, again, apologies, not the best mock. Shutting it down in about 15 minutes. Let's do some questions here instead. Epic Brouhaha says, thoughts about the value of Miles Bridges and John Collins this season? Well, I'm attempting to win this year without playing Miles Bridges. I'm just going to take the mock off the screen now. I, I know that, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, so to speak. Like, you can win a fantasy league in a lot of different ways, and Miles Bridges probably does beat his ADP, and most of the time, that's what we're looking for. His 
X rank, which I you know I can show it on the screen here, is at 98. Trying to point it out to the folks watching. He's probably better than number 98 on a per-game basis this year. Um, but I also just don't want to do it. You can if you want. He probably is an ADP win, but... Ugh. John Collins, I think, is worth a shot. Um, you know, he's a lower-floor, higher-upside guy at this point, but he's a good percentages dude. Yahoo has his projected field goal percent, 46.6. I can't, in in my... Worst nightmares see him at 46.6 from the field. Even last year when he was pretty terrible, he was at 51 and 80 where the field goal free throw splits. The issue was Atlanta just iced him out. He didn't get to do anything with the Hawks. So the question now is in Utah, does he have the confidence to go take some shots again? And I'm inclined to say it's worth a shot. He's one of the guys that I think is going to get passed over near 100. And you'll probably be able to get him more like 110 range. And again, unless there's someone on the board at 110 that you're like, oh yeah, shoe in. I'd say take a shot on on John Collins at that point. Although, did he just get autoed somewhere? Or someone took him? I don't know. There's like seven teams auto-picking in this mock draft. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, so I like him. I think I would take him at 100 or beyond. Um, I don't think that I would take him in front of that. You sort of price out, like, it's not so much that you're pricing out his upside, you're just pricing out the probability that he gets to his upside, if that makes any sense. Dwayne, what you got? Hi, Dan, I have an incoming 20-team roto draft. First time joining a deep league. Do I just go for safe players until my starters get full? At what point do I start hunting for upside flyers? You're hunting for upside flyers right out of the chute, my good man, because in a roto league, presumably you have a games cap you're working with, and... Uh, the way to win a deep league. So a common misconception, deep leagues, uh, on the head-to-head side, you definitely need guys that are playing because zeros will absolutely obliterate you in a deep league because you're subbing in someone who's like the top 240 range guy that's just giving you nothing. Your 11th player is crap in a 20-teamer. Um, but on the roto side, the way you win is by maximizing the stats you get from each individual game played. Now, I get it. The fill-in player is worse than in a 12-teamer, but also the players you're picking from at each round are worse. So um, I think you're hunting upside by the second round, honestly. Like, first round, you probably want a guy who's going to give you 70 games, um, but right out of the chute almost, you're, you're hunting draft. F. Scott Foster says, let us do a mock with you, Dan. Yeah, I, you know, I, I try to... And I honestly, I just forgot. I logged into Yahoo and I looked at the mocks and there was this Roto mock starting in three minutes. And I thought, awesome, I'll just parachute into that and start the show because we were going to do the assists and steals punt episode this morning and we ran into some technical stuff with Keston. Um, So I just thought I could get this going quickly. But yes, Mr. Uh, Dislikes Scott Foster, um, I'm going to start joining mocks when the room is fairly empty and throwing the link on Twitter. So um, just be ready and aware of that one, uh, and we'll we'll make that be a thing. Um, Another thing I want to do here while I'm thinking about it, first of all, a reminder to please do like and subscribe again, but I just threw a shortened Twitter link in the chat room. That's the link to our Discord for Sports Ethos, so uh, definitely pop into that. Pool in the second round of a nine-cat league. Thoughts? No! 
There is no universe where he's better than a second rounder. Okay, think of it that point. You have beyond priced him out. Like a best case scenario for Jordan Poole is probably 25 because he doesn't get defensive stats. It's really hard to go higher than that if you don't have defensive stats. If you don't believe me, just look at the board. There are like two guys that are better than top 25 without defensive stats. Larry Markkinen, uh, because he shot 50% from the field and 88 at the free throw line on pretty high volume uh, and got you three threes and nine rebounds a game uh, and did it on low turnovers. Only 1.2 combined defensive stats. Um, Demonis Sabonis was at 1.3, but I don't think Jordan Poole gets to that. Like, what was Poole at defensive stats last year? 1.1? It's really hard to get inside the top 25 with 1.1 defensive stats. Dame did it because uh, he was a, a Goliath in points, threes, free throw percent, and pretty good in assists. And so if you're looking at Poole and you're thinking, like, can this guy get me to, like, 32 points a game and seven assists a night? The answer is no. Um, that's not to say he won't get to 25 range, but you fully priced him out by that point. So I was hoping I could get Poole in the 50s. There's a low floor issue with him if he can't shoot at all and he's taking 20 shots a game. Um, and that's why you don't want to blow an early pick on him because he's a guy that could actually kind of tank your team. Next question. In what order would you rather pick between Porzingis, Walker, Kessler, and Nick Claxton? Um, you know, as a little format dependent, Walker Kessler feels like the most durable of the three is sort of like a big stout fella. Um, so head-to-head, I'm probably going Kessler uh, over Porzingis over Claxton. In Roto, I'm going Porzingis over Kessler over Claxton. Where would you consider picking Chet Holmgren? Why where he's at, actually? Um, his his pre-rank right now is 50-something? 48, sorry. He's just in front of the 50. Yeah, I, I got no problem with taking Chet at the end of the fourth round. None whatsoever. I think that's a perfectly reasonable spot for him. Um, I think he has a chance to be better than that on a per-game basis. I am concerned about foul issues. I am concerned about his frame. Uh, and just the beating that he'll take over a year, causing him to miss games here and there. I think they're probably gunning to get him into about 65 ball games this year. So uh, more fun, I think, maybe as a Roto games cap guy than head-to-head. But honestly, as far as young guys go, he's my favorite. Have I said that on a pod before? If not, I'll say it here. Chet's my favorite young guy. Rookie. Rookie. I know, sat out last year, but he's a rookie. He's my favorite. Mo over Wemby. Over all the other whatevers. Chet's my favorite rook. Who in Portland do you think takes the most shots out of Aiton, Sharp, and Grant? I say you've taken Simons out of the mix here because he's almost definitely number one. I think I'd rank him. Uh, I don't think that that's... I don't... Um, so the issue with being a big man on a team, in the, even in the modern NBA as a whole, is if you're not the focal point of the offense, you're probably not going to get the most shots. DeAndre Aiden took about 13 shots a game last year. I don't think it goes up as much as everybody expects, but it'll go up a little. Um, Jeremy Grant last year took 14 and a half shots per game. That's going to go up with Dame out of town. Um, and then Shaden Sharp, who, you know, we saw him get buck wild when everybody was resting at the end of the year. I think it's actually possibly the flip of how you have it right now. Grant, of anybody in Portland, I think it's going to be Simons, then Grant, and then between Aiden and Sharp, you know, I'm not 
not really sure. I'll, let's go let's go Aiton over Sharp. At least the beginning of the year. We'll see if they sort of lean into more of a youth thing as we go. But I'll, I'll go Grant first. Uh, and then a little baby drop-off, and then kind of an eight and sharp thing beyond that. What are your thoughts on OG Ananobi? He's currently, this. Uh, the question says, he's currently my favorite pick in the 40s. He's ranked 20-plus last season. Yeah, he was ranked 20-plus last season, but he also had an unseasonably high number of steals for the first two and a half months. The second half of the season, he was right around 50, which I think is probably more who he is. I don't think he can keep up what he did beginning of last year and I don't know that it happens again with no Van Vliet maybe he does get to do a little bit more um I actually think the 40s is just kind of who he is and he's also pretty banged up Lawrence asks what's the best value for the 20th 21st or that range of players so uh I'll I'll flip over the board here so the guy's going around there um, pre-rank starting at 18 and I'll go all the way to 25 Donovan Mitchell Mikhail Bridges Freddie Van Vliet Jaron Jackson Jr. Desmond Bain Kawhi Leonard Jimmy Butler and James Harden on the Roto side I like Kawhi and Jimmy Butler in that range I think they're both going to have excellent years even if they miss some ball games on the head-to-head -head side um, I mean you can put Donovan Mitchell at the front of that but he's probably gone by pick 20 anyway head-to-head um, -head, I'm looking at Mikhail Bridges I'm looking at JJJ uh, Bain, Kawhi, and Butler, if you kind of lined them up like that. Um, and then I don't think I go too far down the board beyond those guys. I think the the per-game potential slips pretty good beyond that rank. Um, so, again, a little bit settings-dependent, leaning more into the McHale, JJJ. Like, do I think they're going to try to play in 70 games or more thing? The answer to those guys is yes. Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, I think the answer is no. Um, but I actually, I really like Kawhi and I really like Jimmy now in a lot of formats. And I think I would take them a tiny bit earlier than their pre-rank. More people are tuning in here. I have bad news, guys. The mock was kind of a, a dud. We had a bunch of autos, so we only went about 50 picks deep. So if you're catching up, we're mostly into question and answer mode now. Uh, next question. Best case scenario for John Collins. Is he starting over Kelly Olynyk? Yes, I think he's starting there. Uh, they went and they got him. I think they want to see what he can be when he's not being marginalized by the Hawks. But I do think Kelly Olenek still plays in the mid-20s in minutes. He's not a he's not an uninteresting late grab to see if he actually gets to run a little bit. Top guns are taken, and you choose between Shea and Halliburton. Nine-cat, 16-teamer, what are you doing, Dan, is the question there. Um, I think I'm going Halliburton. Uh... But damn, I really like both of those guys. They're two of my favorite middle first-round picks right now. Um, I think Halley's a little easier to build around because you cover a category in assists that's much harder to find as the draft goes on. Um, but I think they both are excellent picks in the first round. They're two of my favorites, and I don't have a problem with either of them. I, just, I think it's probably easier to construct a team that's good in everything around Halliburton as opposed to SGA where it's like, okay, like I guess I'm good in free throws now and scoring, but like you still need to cover the threes. You need to cover boards, assists. Both guys are good in steals. You still need to cover blocks. They're both good in both percentages. There's just more things, more categories you need to still worry about that are weak from SGA, even if you get a bigger shot in the arm from something like free throws and scoring. That's the issue with Halliburton is you're going to have to go get points in the next round. Um but I don't know. I, I think you can still get points for the next two or three rounds. 
Do you do third round reversal in all of your leagues? Any league where I can turn it on, I will. There are, uh, you know, Fantrax makes that very easy. I don't like the UI on Fantrax still, but the commissioner tools are excellent. But yes, you should be doing third round reversal. It does make snake drafts more fair. I assume Scoot gets a lot of shots too. I think Dame's shots go to Simon's Sharp and Scoot. Don't see Grant getting more. Grant's going to go take more, man. They just gave him a crap ton of money. Scoot's going to get a bunch of shots. Um, I also don't think that they're just going to drop him in and let him roll at the beginning of the year. I, I know that there's this assessment that Portland is like immediate tank job, but I think it's going to be like a little bit more gradual because they've got a bunch of veterans on this team. Um, and those guys are not going to want to just lose from day one. And plus, they just got Scoot, who's most folks are saying is a generational talent at the number two pick. Like, they don't have to be the worst team in the NBA. They could go be, like, the fifth worst team in the NBA. So I think they'll—and, you know, again, a little bit is the Roto part of me saying whatever stats these guys give me at the beginning of the year, I'm going to like because it's not like in the playoffs, in head-to-head playoffs, what a guy did for you a few months before isn't that helpful. On the Roto side, you, it still is in your bucket. So, um They'll probably trade Grant. That's easier said than done. They just gave that dude a ton of money. Someone's going to have to go, like, really want him bad. It could happen, but I just don't think it's going to be that easy. And they can't trade him until, like, January, end of December, um, because of the new deal, if I'm not mistaken. Right? I think so. I think that's the rule on a new contract. Uh, They might try to, but uh, unless they're willing to take like scraps, I don't, I don't know they're gonna, because a lot of, t- how many teams want to take on like a ninety some odd plus million? Is he one twenty? They gave him a lot of money. Who's your favorite sleeper outside the top one hundred range? Yahoo ADP. Well, uh, ADP is not a great indicator, I don't think, of because these things are like Mark Williams has an ADP of one seventeen, but his pre rank is eighty seven, so he ain't going one seventeen anymore. The best way to look at this is who does Yahoo have ranked outside the top one hundred? And uh, so that starts, by the way, at John Collins and then rolls down the board. My favorite guys ranked outside the top 100 right now are um, D'Anthony Melton, who I think could have an outstanding year if Harden gets moved. Onyeka Okongwu, who's just barely outside the top 100 and might not be at the next board rearrange um, because, like, we saw him do it in, like, 22, 23 minutes a game. So he's, like... It's an upside play. I don't think Capella gets moved, so it's not like it. I think Okongwu is going to be a top 40 guy. I just think that like, if he can be top 75 last year in a limited role, there's nothing to stop him from being top 75 again this year, even if it doesn't get much better than that situation. Um, and unfortunately, things dry up a bit from that point. Like Unless you're looking right at the edge of the top 100, like John Collins... Spencer Dinwiddie will probably be inside the top 100. Zach Collins is also interesting there. Okongwu, Melton. Melton is probably my favorite because I actually think there's the most per-game potential there. Um, Josh Hart, Yusuf Nurkic, kind of honorable mentions. They're in the teens, the one-teens, I guess I should say. Uh, and as you continue to, to zip your way down the board, uh, Shaden Sharp, as the year goes on, I think will probably be an interesting one in Portland. Um, Obi Toppin uh, at the beginning of the year in Indy. I don't know if that's something that sticks. Um, Paul Reed is a flyer type. Ben Simmons is a flyer type. 
Malcolm Brogdon, actually, because of all the bad pub, has fallen pretty far. Bruce Brown and Mike Conley are all kind of interesting, so kind of lines him up a little bit there. Is there a case for picking Steph in the top three? Um, yeah. Yes, there is. Because if Steph plays 70 games, he's probably, like, he probably has a case to be top three. You know, Steph was number six last year. Uh, and KD's going to take a step back, and AD's going to take a step back, and Shea's probably going to take a step back. So, like, maybe he inches up to number five per game. It's going to come down to durability with Steph. I don't know that he gets above five on the per-game side. Warriors have Chris Paul. They'll hopefully have Andrew Wiggins for most of the year. Not that Steph is going to do, like, significantly less, but he's not going to be asked to do more. I don't think I would take him top three, but it's not insane. And he's also, like, not super hard to build around either. He takes care of points. He really takes care of threes. Good in both percentages. Um, Roto friendly. Probably gets more than .9 steals this coming year. The show's getting longer than I intended. Scoot is getting hyped because of the trade. How high is he getting drafted? Too high, ladies and gentlemen. Too high is uh, how high he's getting. He'll probably go in the 80s by the time this is all done. And head-to-head playoffs, he'll probably be pretty useful for you. But the beginning of the season is going to be Learning Curve Central. Expansion team and draft. Do an expansion team and a draft get you excited in terms of fantasy impact? What city would you love to get a team? Seattle should get a team back. That's an obvious one. And, uh... I don't know. Does it get me excited about fantasy? Yeah, I guess so, because, you know, expansion draft, you put all these wackadoos on one team, and someone's going to have to take shots. That would be fun. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait on that one. Lakers-related question. Would you trade D'Lo and Hachimura for Drew Holiday in a heartbeat? I actually like D'Lo. I think he's better than people give him credit for. But in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Drew Holiday is excellent. And would make the Lakers, I think it make the Lakers a title contender. I don't know that the Lakers are a title contender right now. Well, I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals, so I guess they're a title contender. Putting Drew in there as a lockdown defender at the point guard, you know, he's not, he can't create like D'Lo, but I don't, I don't know that they need that as much now. We thought they did, but then all of a sudden, like, a bunch of guys stepped up and figured out how to score. Um, Drew Holiday would make the Lakers, he would make any team, a lot better. I would love that. Keston, my man! We're working on Keston's audio so we can get you guys that assists and steals show. Read the 2023-24 Draft Guide Rookie Report by yours truly for insight on rookie seasons and fantasy. There you go. Go get a damn draft guide over at sportsethos.com. Would you trade pick 28-44-69 for the third overall pick? So your third rounder... Actually, I've lost track of the numbers don't fully add up here, but probably yes is the answer to that question. You're going to have a depth issue, but uh, suddenly you have two first-round picks. That's pretty, that's beastly. So probably yes, Nick. I think I would do that. Um, quick promo here. Uh, please do follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. I hope that we turned this show into something better than what it looked like it was going to be when it started. Um, please like and subscribe. That'll help us, you know, get into the YouTube algorithm And go check out sportsethos.com. The Brewski 150 is coming in six days, friends. 
Six days till the B-150 comes out. It's in the Ethos 360 package. That is the only planet, Sports Ethos, that gets the B-150 on October the 4th. Otherwise, you got to wait a little bit longer, but amazing stuff with it. Also, a brand new draft tracker available. First time ever at Sports Ethos. You guys need to check that out. What I would say, again, is if you're thinking about subscriber dollars, and I know they're very important to you, Give Sports Ethos a try this year. The combination of content and tools is something that we have never had here before, and it elevates Sports Ethos into that next stratosphere. That's it for this one. Uh, I'll be back later today. We'll have a makeup regular show on the Fantasy NBA Today feed. At Dan Bespers, I'll see you on socials. So long. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.